Amazing. We just set a record. It's been four weeks since I've been up here. So I, Tim thought he, Pastor Tim thought he probably should introduce me again. <laughs> it's like, man, we, I just, so, so, so many things to be thankful for. It's like, I, I, I come up here with such a grateful heart this morning. Yeah. Worship so good this morning. Wasn't that just sweet? Good. Oh, my goodness. I had my own experience about 4.30 this morning, just calling on the Lord as I sat in my chair in my office and, and just, oh, whew just about slobbering in my own chair there, just feeling the, you know, it's like, oh, so, so good, so good. Um, thinking about things that, are, you know, we, we can get so, so busy with so many good things that are going on. Like VSSM is just incredible this year, the way that it's kicked off. My Aunt Betty, actually, she's uh, 82, 83, I don't know, somewhere in her 80s, in first year VSSM this year. She said, it is life-changing for me, Lynn. It's life-changing for me. It's just like, ow. And each time, each Thursday, she has to give me a report that, oh, it just keeps getting better and better and better. It's like a little plug for VSSM. It's like, you're never too old. Um, and then it's like our Valley Christian Academy. That is so sweet what's happening there and to, you know, the life that's running up and down our halls. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for, for what you're doing. Our healing rooms on Monday nights. Our Wednesday night services right now. Oh, my goodness. If you need healing in your body, it would be a good idea to show up on Wednesday night. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. In fact, we have a video, I, I think, I hope, I really hope we have a video, like about a two-minute video that I'd like to uh, play right now. If we can, yes? Is that a thumbs up? I believe that's a thumbs up. Maybe we could turn some lights off and watch a video for two minutes and ten seconds. So, just prayed for Michelle and saw God do an amazing, amazing miracle. This is how she came in, in this walker, unable to walk, and also unable to talk with any kind of clarity at all. And after a while of being in the room, the stimulus became too much, and um, she began, they had to leave, and we went and prayed, and now, Michelle, uh, tell us what left you you said a buzzing left you uh yes yes a kind of like um the old tvs uh, when late at night everything would turn off and you yeah. would just hear the the shh of the channel wow um you know and a lot of tightness in my head along with that and just a lot of sensitivity to movements and sound and and kind of Think of a vertigo, a migraine, and a concussion all in one. Wow. And that you were diagnosed, uh, she was diagnosed with a what? Functional a, neurological disorder, excuse okay. me. Okay. And the way you experienced your wife before when she came in, what, how would you describe her condition? Oh, just um, very spiritually healthy, but physically very, she could do very little, yes. very little. Unable to walk really without assistance, yeah, and uh, very difficulties speaking um, with um, the, 
shoot, she's she has to stay in the house, a dark house, for yeah. seven days a week. Wow. Not able to go anywhere, do anything wow. uh, about any stimulus uh, started to bother her. Yes. Noise, sound, movement. <laughs> Um, and could, now we have music starting in the background and there's no problem. Right. And look at you, you're standing <laughs> by yourself and you can walk yes. <laughs> and you can talk. Praise the Lord. Yes. We just give God all the thanks and all, all the glory, glory all for the what glory. he's done. Sure. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Sure. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> that was incredible. It was incredible. It was amazing to watch her come in, her husband pushing her in on that walker thing she sat there uh she had to leave because she was overwhelmed with uh, too much yeah stimulus too much stimulation there when the, when the video started to play she left pastor dina chased her outside went out there and prayed for her for probably 30 minutes or so she came back in pushing her own walker and just shared that testimony like whoa god is so good and uh Lolly Pridgen, she ended up getting healed Wednesday night as well. I don't know where she's at, but it's like, yes. They overcame the adversary by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Praise the Lord. You know, um, before I get into uh, reading the scripture, uh, I just feel like sharing a little bit of personal, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. wasn't part of the plan, but it just changed. Um, we know that all things, everybody say all things, work out together for our good. For those who love God, called according to his purpose. It's like, yes, you know, um, Pastor Christie was talking about, as she was talking about that, I started thinking, wow, maybe I should share um, it slowed her down. It's like, man, I had two weeks of more than just slowed down. I was down, down. I spent very little time in the bed. I spent more time in the recliner and sitting around the island with my head on my hands, just trying to be upright to be able to breathe right. It's like, it was rough. I was, you know, really rough. But during that time, about two and a half weeks, and then into the recovery, a half week or so, I had a lot of opportunity to really do some introspection, a little bit of talking with God and, and listening to Holy Spirit and just like, oh my word. But I'm going to, the part that I want to share is it, about in the middle, uh, the tail end of the first week when I was sick, sick, sick. I couldn't quit coughing. I would spend about, you know, it's like, whoa. I had an ab workout for two weeks. <laughs> Figure out the plan. If you will cough 16 hours a day for two weeks, you will work out your abs like crazy. It's like, lose a little weight, trim it down. It's like, but I ended up one of those about sixth day or so. It's like, man, uh, I cough, cough, cough. So, you know, I let Renee sleep. While I go in the other room, I'm in the living room and the great room around the island, and I'm, I'm, I'm boiling water, pouring it in a cup, and just like sniffing the, uh, sniffing the fumes, sniff <laughs> the uh, steam, steam, to try and kind of break things up a little. It's like, oh, I need to breathe. So, and I went through an, another coughing spell. So I went in, the, in through the bedroom, and I'm in, I'm in the bathroom. I'm just 
standing over the toilet, cough, 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 cough some more. And then something, the strangest thing happened. It's just like, I got this crazy pain in my, oh, like heart pain, I'm sure. From my perspective at that time, it felt like a heart pain. It was like, started right there, just intense. So I am holding my chest. I'm folded, leaning over the toilet with my hand on the back wall, just like, oh, no. What now? So then it it increases, and it kind of like moves to the middle, and it's like, oh, no. It's like my family, both sides of my family, my grandfather's died. The oldest was 71. Both died with heart issues. So it's like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I'm 71, and I'm having a heart attack on top of all this. I'm leaning over the toilet and then I'm holding the wall and just like, oh, oh. It's like, all right. The first 20 years of my walk with the Lord, I'm thinking I'm going to need a minute or two before I die to ask forgiveness one more time and repent of at least one more thing. It's like, well, this is that time. (laughs) It's like, here we go, Lord, here we go. And I had this conversation. It's like, all right, Lord, we're good. I can't think of one thing that you're showing me that I, that I need to repent or that I need to ask forgiveness. So I am seriously having this, this conversation. It's like, oh, okay, I'm ready if you are. <laughs> and nothing happens yet. It's like, oh, more pain. I'm ready if you are. Then a but, but, Lord, what about my kids? My wife, my kids, and my church, are they ready? I wasn't asking you, I was asking him. It's it's, it's like, like, oh, I'm still in the oh mode. And then I heard this really long, smooth, beautiful passage. He's saying, you're not finished. It's like... That's all? <laughs> that's, that's it? You're not finished. So I begin to, begin to breathe, take a couple of deep breaths, and I, I burped a couple times. <laughs> I was telling this story to someone. It's like, yeah, oh, oh, you were delivered right there. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. Went in, laid down. Renee was still sound asleep while I'm having this little encounter. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Burped a couple more times. (laughs) Completely delivered. But just as real as real could be, you're not finished. It's like, you know what? We just need to hang on to those words when we get it, because from my perspective, it was absolutely as real. <laughs> Here's the test. Here's the test. What do we need to? What do I need to confess? Uh, what? 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 Well, it's like, no, I'm good. I'm good if you are. I'm good if you are. It's like, okay, Lord, that's where I'm at. I'm good if you are. There's no going back. No going back. I want, uh, 
Man, we probably should end up having a camera zoom in on this this thing. If we, you can see it. Yeah. Oh, we don't have. We're not up on a screen. I'm just gonna have to read it to you. Yes, somebody gave this to me a couple years ago. Yes, I am the pastor, and no, that sermon was not about you. Okay, so if you want to turn with me to 2 Timothy, um, we'll start in chapter 3, verse 16, and read down through the fourth chapter in the fifth verse. Verse 16, all Scripture, everybody say all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God. Mm-hmm. We should stand for this. This is pretty, this is important stuff right here. Let's stand and read this together. We'll go old school. Start over. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. And this is something that every VSSM graduation that we use, this is the charge, and I will just read this, because I believe this is for all of us. You just stand and receive it. You can read it with me if you want. But I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom... Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It's like, who is they? I think they is the church these days. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires... Mm. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Like it's selecting teachers that are going only to speak what we want to hear to tickle our ears. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Everybody say, greasy grace. But you, be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Who's called to be ministers? We all are. We are all ministers. And what is ministry? Serving others. You can sit down now. Thank you. Serving others, Ephesians 2.20. If we can get Ephesians, pull 2.20. Ephesians 2.20 up there. Ephesians 2.20. I'm going to have to look it up in my Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse... Ephesians... Chapter 2, verse 10. Verse 10. For we, we, everybody say we. 
And who is we? Us. We are us. Us are we. Are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Good works were prepared for you and for me. You were created for good works, which is doing the ministry, doing and accomplishing his will. Matthew 23, 11, Jesus is speaking, and he says, The greatest of you will be the servant of all. To be great, we, are, we go low. To be great, we go low. We become the servant of all. James 4, 7. His, this is going to be like the, the anchor to what I really want to speak and teach about this morning. For, for, for one thing, is that we are teachable. We are correctable. It's like, turn to your neighbor and say, are you correctable? I just say, uh huh. Can you receive correction? Can you receive correction? Fallon, why are you just looking at me? You're supposed to be, uh, yes, 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 yes. I think we should hear a resounding yes. Can you receive correction this morning? Yes. Amen. Right answer. Right answer. Okay, let me ask it this way. Can you receive correction without being offended? That wasn't quite as loud. Let's try that again. Can you receive correction without being offended? Can you receive correction without feeling like a complete failure? Amen. Okay, I'd like somebody to step up here, and I want to bring some correction right here. I'm going to just, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's something that, in reality, if we want to grow in the Lord, we need to be able to humbly receive correction in our lives. And it's not any fun... And it's, you know, but I've come to realize, you know, we don't know what we don't know sometimes. And until somebody's willing to point that out to us in love, to point that out to us in love, everybody say in love, we don't know. And we can be stumbling around in the darkness, tripping over things that if somebody would just tell us that that's what we're doing it could clear things up for us a whole bunch. Are you all are you all okay still? James four seven. James four seven. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I've used that so many times, but this time, it means something even more significant. I want to go a a little bit deeper with that. When we think of submitting to God, it's like we go, okay, more Lord, more Lord. I want more Lord. I want more Lord. It's like, and here's the reality. He's given you typically more than you can handle to start with. 
It's like, and we say, more, Lord, more, Lord. But what we have to do is offer up to him more of us. He's going, I've made it all available to you. I've made it all available to you. If you want more, you're going to have to give me more capacity, give me more room. You're going to have to open all of the doors, windows, and every corner closet is going to have to be exposed. It's like, submit to God. Everybody say, full submission. When we fully and completely submit our will to him, then <laughs> we will walk in a whole other level of power, authority, and freedom. Complete submission. Everybody say, complete submission. We've said that a couple times. And that's what he really, that's, that's what he's looking for. That's what he requires of us for us to, <laughs> it's like, give me more, Lord. Give me more, Lord. Give me more, Lord. He said, you, you give me more. Give me more. Submit, submit, submit. It's like when, it's like, I think about when we um, think about, man, I need this to do this, to accomplish this. And we begin, to, we begin to think about, or we look at someone and say, man, look what he has, and look what she has. That's what I want. I think that's what I need. I think I could be happy, I could be content if I had that. Instead of saying, thank you, Jesus, for all that you have given me. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for me, being grateful for everything that I have, rather than the one thing that I don't have that she does, that I want. It's like, why does she have that and not me? Right. But God... What I need, I need, I need, I need. When we focus on our needs, we become so I-focused. I need, I need, I want, I want. And when I have this, I will be content. The only true contentment in life is when we are doing his will for our life. When we were doing for others and unto others, that's when we truly begin to be blessed. We become content when we're serving others. You were created. You're his workmanship. You were created for good works in him. And because you were created for that, you will never be content until that's what you're doing, fulfilling his purpose for your life. That's when fulfillment comes into your life. It's like... Okay, Philippians, uh, yeah, submit to God, resist the devil. Well, when we have fully submitted to God, that means that we have complete forgiveness in our heart. No more unforgiveness, no more resentment, no more I want what he has or what she has. I am discontent because I don't have. Paul said, you know, 
there's a scripture which I don't have written down, but I just think Paul says, whether I'm abased or whether I'm abounding, I am content in every situation. Knowing that all things work together for our good, we can find that contentment in who we are in him. He's faithful. So the next question that I have, how many? Now this is a really, a really big part and a big thing in being correctable. It's like when we understand who we are in Christ Jesus, when we're fulfilling our purpose... It's much easier to be corrected if we're corrected by somebody that we know, love, and trust, and know has been put in that position by God. Right? So when we have a leader that we know that we can follow, and that leader brings correction into our life because we didn't know, we didn't understand, We receive it because we know who we are in Christ. We're confident in who we are, and we're so much less likely to be offended. Does this make sense? When our insecurities rise to the surface, the worst version of who we are gets exposed. And the enemy will use other people in your life to push your insecurity buttons just just to pull up the worst version of you to end up breaking down your testimony because that's what he wants to do. The accuser of the brethren, the ultimate liar and deceiver who is out, in John 10, 10 says the devil, the, our abs- kill, steal, and destroy. That's his goal and that's his mission, to kill, steal, and destroy your hopes, your goals, your vision, and your testimony. If he can end up making you feel guilty or worthless, then you don't feel like you have a worthwhile testimony. Are you with me? So we have to understand, we have to fully know who we are in Christ Jesus. That's why first year is so important in VSSM, because it hammers identity, identity, identity. And we know that when Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be, i got to get my hand out of my pocket, my wife's going to be after me. We know. But Jesus was led out into the wilderness, and the very first thing that the devil came after was his identity. If you are really the Son of God, then you can... It's like, I don't have to go there with you because I know who I am. I am a son of the Most High. I am a daughter of the Most High. I can accept correction in my life because I know who I am. I can be wrong. I can own up to where I'm wrong because I know who I I know who I am. I know my identity. So, yeah, oh, man, I am sorry. I messed up. See, that's where we need to be. Holy Spirit's the one that brings that brings the correction when he's dealing with us. It's like he will convict us. We have that Holy Spirit voice that was promised to us to lead us, to guide us, and lead us into all truth, to comfort us, to guide us, to direct us, to protect us. 
comfort us. Like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for all you do. It's like... Something that Pastor Timothy Martinez runs around Valley Church like the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does all kinds of things around here. Him, Jared? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I shouldn't even start like that. There are so many people that do so many things around Valley Church. And next week I want to start, I want to start honoring some of them, like one or two couples at a time, because it's incredible how many people it takes to make this thing work and happen. Let's just, yeah, all of volunteers, paid staff and volunteers, we're so grateful and thank you, thankful for you. See, Joshua 24, 18, Joshua says, you know, if we could get Joshua 24, 18, and the Lord drove out from before them all the people, including the, and the dwell in the land, we also We'll serve the Lord, for he is our God. Can I get the next couple of verses? Or let's just skip that. And uh, four, it's like choose. It comes down to choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. And sometimes that's a daily, sometimes that's an hourly thing. You know, when we're serving the Lord, when we're, when we're following Holy Spirit, when we're being as diligent and as obedient as we think that we possibly can, the enemy can still end up using us through our words. Um, let me just give you an example. Matthew sixteen eighteen. you know, when... When Peter, Jesus, was talking with the disciples, and, and Peter, he says, who do you say that I am? And he said, well, some say you're this, some say you're that. To Jesus, he said, but who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And he said, you know, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, but, you know, Holy Spirit. But God himself has revealed that to you, Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So Jesus was speaking prophesying Peter's future right there. He was speaking very prophetic words over Peter, building him up, exhorting and prophesying over Peter right then, right? You're with me? Jesus was, was speaking that. He saw that in Peter. He called that out in Peter. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let's move to, to verse 23. Chapter 16, verse 23. And Jesus is rebuking Peter just that many verses later, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan. It's like because of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Are you tracking with me? That even Jesus, as he was calling out the golden Peter, as he was prophesying Peter's future, then Peter comes up with that. It's like, oh my goodness, out of your mouth, Peter. Get behind me, Satan. I don't want you. You're, you're, I don't receive that. I don't accept any of that. So the devil was using Peter through his words right there. Somebody say amen or something. Yeah, yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So. <laughs> Peter, after just being exhorted and raised up and prophesied over, 
turned around and just said something that caused Jesus, oh, the devil's using you right now. The devil is using you right now. Uh, I want to... I want to go to Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, let's say fellowship of the Spirit, because that's what the church is all about. If there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. We say like-minded. That's what we want to be like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. It's like... Oh, what happened in the upper room? It said, and they were of one accord, and the Holy Spirit came upon them like a mighty rushing wind. It's when we become of one accord, one mind, one heart, bound together, loving on one another. The Bible says, you, Jesus says, you will know them by the love they have one for another. So we're known by the love that we have for one another. One mind, one accord, same love. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Well, that one's a little rough. It's like, Man, that's like putting my needs aside and looking at your needs. What can I do to help you? How can I make your life better? It's like Pastor Tim came into my office about six or seven years ago, and I said, tell me what your goals are. Tell me what your dreams are, and let me see what I can do to end up helping you make those goals and dreams come true. Because the mission statement of Valley Church is to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. So when we look at one another and we begin to share our hearts with one another, we begin to understand what your goals are, what your dreams are, what your visions are. And if I can do my best and you can do your best and you can do your best to see others' dreams come true, help them up, lift them up, encourage them, it's like that's when... Holy Spirit comes and settles in rocks and shocks the place, and we get to see amazing and incredible miracles magnified. Yes. Let each one of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Verse 5, let this mind in you which was also in Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. It's like there was no contest about being equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. What did Jesus do? Man, he became the servant of all, a bond servant, coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Therefore, I love that word in the Bible, therefore. Everybody say, therefore God. Also has highly exalted him, who, him, Jesus, given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. What an incredible example. Came in low, 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 the bond servant, the servant of all, washed his disciples' feet. Blessing, encouraging Jesus. Uh, I think I'm going to, Linda, I think I'm going to skip down a couple. I want to go to Ephesians 4, verse 29, which is not in order anymore. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. What's edification? Building, building up, creating, establishing, building up. Edifying is building up, lifting up, encouraging. So let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart, which is impartation, which is giving, which is handing over to you, uh, may impart grace to the hearers. That our words are building up, that they are imparting into an individual grace, which is unmerited, unearned favor. That's something to have to just like absorb for just a second right there, that our words... Even if when we think of grace as unearned, undeserved favor, that our words are building up and bringing undeserved favor to the hearers of our words. Can you receive that? I would say, I receive it. The words that we speak build up and impart grace to the hearers. Drop down to verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind-hearted to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So that's some pretty clear direction as to what we need to do to establish and create the love and unity as the body of Christ, isn't it? Yes. Well, let's get some more then. <laughs> Matthew 12, verse 36. Matthew 12, verse 36. Oh, 
There it is. And this is Jesus saying, But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak. So every idle word. Like, what is idle? Idle is something that is not doing anything. It's just sitting still. It's not building. It's not accomplishing. It's not edifying. It's not bringing grace. It's doing the opposite. Idle is accomplishing nothing. Sitting still. So, but I say to you that for every idle word, it's like a word that is not intentional, a word that is not building, that's not encouraging, that's not bringing grace, favor into someone's life, that men may speak, they will give account of on the day of judgment. It's like, and I was talking last week about Renee's uncle Jim, whose daughter was speaking last week, who did an amazing job, didn't she? Man, it's like, that was her first time preaching. She's a professor. Well, she's a professor, so she teaches at, at, a, at a college, but that was her first time preaching. And, and she shared afterwards, we were just talking, and she says, thank you so much for that opportunity. She says, I feel like Valley Church and this opportunity is my launching pad to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Encouraging someone, lifting up, raising someone up <clears throat> to see their goals come to fruition, their goals in Christ. It's like, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. It's like, you know, the most powerful word that you can speak into your own life, or in your own, is yours. The most powerful voice in your life is yours. So speaking words, making declarations, the women last Friday, yeah, last Friday, were looking in a mirror and speaking words over themselves, making declarations, powerful declarations over themselves. Some had never done that before, but what a, what a blessing it is to end up speaking those things, the promises of God in our life and for our lives, speaking those things over ourselves, making declarations for who we are, for what we're called to be, not where we were. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat of its fruit. So I want to go to, I want to, I want to share um, just a little bit right now how the meaning or the impact, not the meaning, the impact that words can have. It's like, you know, Sharinda was up here, Dr. Rome, <laughs> Dr. Sharinda was up here. She was talking about the mind and the brain being different. You know, the brain's what controls all the functions to our body and stuff, and, and, and the brain perceives and builds pathways and neuropathways and, and all of this stuff. So what the brain perceives and grabs onto, you know, that becomes part of the body and, and really can become part of who we are. Not just our mind, but the brain as it, as it grabs can be different than, than what our mind, what we 
think and what we think should happen. So what can happen when you see someone that had words spoken over them at five years old, six years old, eight, ten, four, and something will trigger that in their adult life and they can go back to that four or five-year-old because they never really got that healed up completely. So it can go back, it can push that button and go back. So when our words are not intentional and are not edifying, encouraging, bringing grace, but are the opposite and we're doing it for fun or funny or something, we can end up pushing the button and triggering something right back to someone's past history, which allows the devil to use you in well-meaning to do damage to somebody when you think it's funny. Are you with me? It's like we have to be intentional, cautious with our words. No idle words coming out of our mouth because we want to build people. We want to end up having a healthy body filled with apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and every kind of ministry opportunity with Jesus Christ as the head and the teacher, the instructor, Holy Spirit comforting and working throughout, empowering. I just think, you know, it's like when I finally was filled, was not filled, but endued with power from on high, when the fire of the Holy Ghost came on me and I started to walk in a different level of power and authority. I didn't even know about that or even understand that for the first 25 years of my Christian walk. But that's when we get to walk in power and authority, when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, endued with power from on high. But that's <clears throat> when I can think of like 12, 11, 12, yeah, like 11 or 12 years ago. I'm just going to use myself as, a, as an example here. In uh, When I became the senior pastor, we went through a great deal of turmoil, uh, uh, <laughs> as you might imagine. Um, and... Uh, we had hired, ended up with a new worship leader, hired a worship leader, came, and he was a friend, uh, a friend, a worship leader, and I will, this is something that I will remember. I am absolutely uh, new and I'll just say uncomfortable at this. It's like I've never been a senior pastor before, coming up on, let's see, be 12 years here in just a few months. Like, wow, it's gone by really fast, but so it had to be nearly 12 years ago. But we're, we went to have a fun lunch, and I'm talking with our music director and uh, worship leader, and we're sitting, we're having a fun kind of a dinner meeting, lunch thing, and our, the worship leader says to the music director, he goes, okay, we're really going to have to do a good job with this. He was being funny from his perspective. We're really going to have to do a good job with this worship because we know the word's going to be weak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oof. 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 So I heard that over and over for a long time. The word's going to be weak. 
So we're going to have to, you know, really ramp it up. And it was supposed to be funny. You know, I laughed, but it's like, ooh, is that, that's probably right. So I, I would hear that voice as if it's the, let's say, it becomes the voice of the enemy when he can use our voice to impact somebody like that that's just well-meaning, it's just supposed to be fun. But it's like, ugh, ugh. So we can end up hearing many, 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 many prophetic words and then one really negative word like that that impacts us more than all for a long time to get over something like that when we're just like, uh, uh, I was just kidding. I mean, we've never, I, we never talked about it again. I just like, but obviously we're 12 years later. I still remember that word. You know, so we need to be building one another up. We need to be edifying one another. We need to be encouraging one another, speaking positive, proactive, not idle words. Okay, and I want to... Uh, wow, I still have two minutes to go. It's one of the things that we have to be, you know, in bringing correction. It's like, we, we can go back to, to Timothy, we can read that again. It's like, teaching, correcting with patience. It says long-suffering, but with patience and teaching. So correcting, bringing correction with love. Truth in love. Truth in love. So there's, um, sharing another example, um, Pastor Tim, I'm going to use you here. It's like, there were, see when, when Pastor Tim first came on, on board, his dream, his goal ultimately was to be a senior pastor. And I said, okay. So he came to work, reported the first day, says, all right, well, where's my office? And I said, yeah, it's going to be the desk right over there. You're going to be with me. It's like, what? Well, uh, uh, we're going to share an office? It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to share an office. You want to be a senior pastor? That's what I am. So you can learn really quickly if you just sit right here. You can see what I do, and I can catch your mistakes really quick. And uh, so, you know, that's, that, that's kind of the way it went. Now, as years have gone by, it's like, are you, you've completed five? Will February be five or six years completed? Counting on your fingers. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So he'll be completing year five. We spent two and a half, maybe almost three years uh, sharing the same office, and then he's out and away. So I don't see him nearly as much as I did for a while. So I, I, two times in a row, I call, hey, Tim, 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 come in my office. It's like, we sat down at the office, and I said, you know what, you, you, this happened, this happened, and you need to blah, 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 blah. In other words, you messed up, you need to fix this, and it's like, Oh, okay, all right, yeah. got it, got it, got it. So it's kind of short and sweet because he's a busy guy now. So like next week or a few days later maybe, it's like, Tim, Tim, Pastor Tim. It's like, 
hey, you need, it's like, okay, yeah, oh, didn't realize that, sorry about that, so, week later, Pastor Tim, goes, what did I do now? I says, no, it was amazing what you just have done. It's like, he goes, oh, whew. It's like, you know, it, it can get really easy. It can become really easy for us in a marriage, in a relationship, to turn around and just look at the things that are going wrong, not the things that are going right. So we cannot focus and spend too much time on all of the things that are going wrong. We need to encourage and build and correct when necessary. Not focus on the negative. So I would like to conclude with uh, Philippians 4.8. Finally, oh, it says 12.01, right over the two words that I'm trying to read. Whatever things, <laughs> finally, brethren, think on these things. Whatever's true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So our thoughts are on the positive, our words are on the positive. When correction is necessary, Suck it up and receive it. <laughs> Let's stand together. And don't be offended and feel like a failure because you messed up one time. Own it, fix it. Own it, fix it. Turn from it, correct it. And we're all golden. We all make mistakes. Father, and I'd like the prayer team to come up here, anybody with a need for anything, whether it be healing or you've never given your heart to the Lord or you just need somebody to pray with you. You need a time of refreshing. I just encourage you to come on up. But let's pray together. Father, we just thank you. You are such a loving, a good, 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 good father. Like Pastor Christie says, you're a wonderful dad and we can bring anything to you and lay it at your feet because you care about every aspect of our lives. We give you our love, we give you our praise, and we just want to open our hearts and our arms to receive all that you have for us today. If there's something that you want to reveal to us, we just say, Holy Spirit, come, guide us, direct us, convict us, show us, that we can walk in the holiness that you have for us, in the freedom that you have for us. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We thank you for that freedom and that that's your desire for us to walk in that freedom with your power, your authority. In Jesus' mighty name, and together everybody said, Amen. God bless you as you go.